Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today, we're beginning a new series here on the podcast that we've very simply titled, What Is?, in which we'll be exploring words and phrases that you might often hear in contemplative circles, but maybe you don't know exactly what they mean, and there's not a lot of context in your life so far. So our phrase for today is contemplative prayer, and I'm glad that we're starting here because in a lot of ways, contemplative prayer becomes a blanket term for so many other things that we'll keep talking about in this series. And so to kick us off, maybe it's helpful to start with a little bit of a definition for this word contemplative. For me, the simplest definition I've ever found was that the contemplative is an opening to the awareness of divine presence, which means that when I'm talking about contemplative prayer, I'm talking about any form of prayer that allows me to open up to God's presence with me in that present moment. But of course, there are more poetic ways to talk about this. So Jim Finley, in his book, The Contemplative Heart, he talks about the contemplative as something that can awaken or deepen or sustain our ability to experience the divine in any given moment. And he goes on to say that the more we practice in contemplative ways, the easier it becomes to see the presence of the divine in our lives. And then Mirabai Starr, if you've ever read her, she's incredibly poetic as well. So in her book, Wild Mercy, she says, the more you intentionally turn inward, the more available the sacred becomes. You do these things not only because it helps you to find rest in the arms of the formless beloved, but also because it increases your chances of being stunned by beauty when you get back up. And so there's a lot of sort of aesthetic to contemplative prayer, and oftentimes enough so that people will distinguish contemplative prayer from other forms of prayer, things like asking prayer, praising prayers, lamenting prayers, though certainly even those types of things can point us towards divine presence as well. But there's still, there's something about contemplative prayer, I think for me, that tends to lead to a particular sort of inner stillness. And so as we begin to talk about this topic, I'd love to hear what's percolating for both of you. Thanks, Christina. I really appreciate your definition of contemplative prayer, again, being the opening to the awareness of divine presence. And it makes me think of years ago when I was, I actually took a whole semester on prayer years ago when I was studying. And to your point, naming all the different types of prayer, but they describe this thing as two-way prayer and how often we think of prayer as talking to God, but this idea of how do we open up our receptivity to receive from God and like a dialogue. And so again, to your point of opening up that awareness of divine presence, I think that was new for me. I think I had experienced prayer unloading, but the idea that there would be some divine being in some way, shape, or form communicating back to you was new. But I think as I personally think now about contemplative prayer, that's very much the space I'm in of it's this sort of give and take conversational type thing, whether it be with or without words, right? It could be a sense of peace in my heart or a sense of anxiety somewhere that I'm paying attention to and inviting God's presence to bring awareness. And so I think for me, that idea of two-way seems really important as we kick off this conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing these different definitions, Christina. 
I think a disclaimer, I, I get a little bit frustrated whenever I see book titles or phrases that use the word sacred, this idea that there's a sacredness to some things and not a sacredness to others. And I think I really like the definition of the Jesuits, that God is in all things all the time. But what Mirabai Star says is that as we turn inward, the more available the sacred becomes to us. So it's not saying this is sacred, this isn't sacred, this is, I know there's a sacred versus secular debate in the world or in different faith traditions, but it, it's not necessarily ascribing certain things as sacred, but what it says is that as you set your intention, the sacred becomes available to you. So I, I really appreciate that and just the importance of setting your intention or, or turning inward. So thank you for bringing that to us. Yeah, sure. And I think for me, when contemplative prayer started to come available to me, I didn't know about it my whole life, but this business of opening our awareness, sometimes it's because it's a slower pace, because maybe there are fewer words involved. I think my awareness does open up a little faster than some of my chit-chatty types of prayer. And that being said, for me, there is still space for chit-chatty moments in prayer, right? But I love how Miravai Star talks about uh, when you get back up, you'll maybe be more attuned to the beauty that's all around you. And I do feel like when I talk to people, I do start to hear this if they develop a little bit of a practice where they'll say to me something like, yeah, I turned the corner and all of a sudden I could hear the birds chirping. There's this kind of waking up or opening that seems to come with regular practice. So I do appreciate what happens in the midst of contemplative prayer. And one thing I'm really thinking of as we're considering the idea of contemplative prayer is this idea to contemplate, right? Which contemplate is you think something over, there's a layers to it. There's, if you look at the definition, it's to think about, it's to meditate, it's to look thoughtfully for, at, for a long time, right? So there, there's not a quickness to contemplative. And often we'll use this analogy with people when I'm describing contemplative prayer of yin yoga. And um, I remember years ago being in a, my first sort of yin yoga class, which is where you're holding the, the poses of yoga a little bit longer than the normal flow classes that you do. And I remember this one time the teacher, like we were, I don't know, holding some pose and I'm like, okay, this is as far as my body will go today. And so she invited us to, to breathe and she's just keep breathing into this position and then see if you can go a little bit further. And sure enough, as I stopped and breathed into that position, I was able to stretch my body a little bit further. And then she invited us to do it one more time. And it was this like transformational thing for me of, wow, like my body actually did have the ability to do that, but it required me stopping, pausing, and actually breathing in the moment to go a little bit further. And I think sometimes our soul has different layers of expression to it. And I'm all about the surface layer and on the go, the prayers, and we'll you know, have future podcasts about those types of prayers because it's all wonderful and brings us to God. But that idea of taking one concept and really sitting with it and allowing it to go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper into our awareness has just been life-changing for me. And for me, sometimes it's helpful to have some different analogies that can tie into that because Contemplative prayer can feel so like elusive and what does that mean? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're meditating by a rock all day, but just even like with anything, like my gratitude, is it to a whole no new level as I'm sitting with that throughout the day or, or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I like that word layers. Our kids have been watching Shrek lately and the famous line, ogres are like onions, comes to mind. But I think going inward 
there's a, a slowness to uncovering the different layers. And I think the more that we turn inward, the more that we can see a little bit deeper. And I think what that lends itself to, we're all going through life, right? And so we can react to life, just a reaction to any circumstance or situation, or we can act. I think we can take action because we're living out of that, the deeper layers, because we have been engaging in contemplative prayer. I also like that notion of layers. As soon as you said it, I thought of a moment this summer where we were doing some listening. It was so like utilizing all your senses, right? So we, when we got to listening and we sat for a while, it did become clear that, oh, at first I heard one set of things. And after a little bit of time, I heard more. And so it's similar to your yoga story, right? My body will only go this far. And in fact, there is more, but it takes this opening as we've already been talking about. And this is true even with words, right? So there's yoga, there's breathing. But I think one of the first ways that I did contemplating prayer was with pen and paper, where you just took a few words and then you broke them down and you just wrote and wrote on just one word. And then after you had put everything out that you could, you could write and write on the next word. So you have to enjoy writing or words or whatever. But First of all, the writing slows you down because you can't do it like typing it a little faster. But suddenly the world starts to open up differently. And I think you're right. Sometimes there is space for our surface quick go to where is my body reacting that I haven't felt reacting. And this kind of gives me that opportunity to find those spaces. Yeah, I think one of the delights of being a spiritual guide is seeing how people engage with their own forms of contemplation based on their personality and what they connect with. And so I used to meet with one woman and she would make these collages and take a, a theme of what was going on in her life. And she would show up to these sessions and walk me through the collage that she had made and that why she chose the different pictures or color schemes and I have other people who maybe have a particular concept that they're reflecting on and wanting to go deeper and they will sketch and draw a little thing about that. Or Christina, definitely a lot of word space people where having some like reflective questions or prompts or even taking a word and unpacking a little bit further. And it's just really beautiful to see how, you know, or, or others like as I'm on my bike and I'm maybe having this phrase that I'm going over and over again in my head on my bike as I'm moving my body. And so I, I love the idea that these and, and we'll be unpacking this more in this um, future podcast, but this idea that the contemplative of opening up to the awareness of, of divine presence, it happens in, in lots of different ways as well, based on our personality and our season of life. And it really does do that. Like you're, you do become more open. All of a sudden, this beautiful thing that you have like expands tenfold and it's, wow, I, I thought that this was good. And then that was like really good. These moments of awareness that we have. Yeah, I appreciate you, you naming that just all the different ways. I think of, as I've met with different individuals, I think a lot of people come and they ask the question, what's the right, what's the right way? And, or what is, am I doing this wrong? And I think what you're saying is there is no right or wrong way. There is our own way that we, that we find into this. And I think that's what I appreciate about the different makeups of just the different beautiful stories and how they're connecting. And I had a friend who found contemplative prayer mostly through chopping wood. Like he would split wood 
and you just take moments of pause and it just even thinking about how things come apart, the directions and the force at which they're hit and the angle. And that was a way for him to pray. And it, it gave him so much insight into his own life and his own uh, decision-making. And again, just to name another unique way that, that we can be contemplative and pray. I find that so exciting because it reminds me of uh, a lot of these reflection books that I've come across in the last couple of years around finding God in ordinary spaces, right? And so I've, I've mentioned this woman, Gunilla Norris, who has written all these reflections on how she's finding the divine in sweeping and writing checks and doing the dishes. And then there's this other one, Poetry of Presence. And I think there's a poem called Grapefruit. It's all about the peeling of a grapefruit. And these things seem strange when you are not slowed down. Why would I find divine presence in peeling a grapefruit? Uh, but then when you slow down and open it, I do find like Jim Finley and Mirabai Star were both talking about, it teaches you something. And so there's this ability now that I have that I definitely did not have before to stop my work, to look up and to take in the world around me. So even if I did get lost in my work, like I don't even, I don't feel like I've learned how to bring the contemplative into work. Like when I am really focused, I think the whole world has disappeared. I felt it all. But then I can look up and I can rejoin again, kind of restart or reconnect. And that is a beautiful gift that the contemplative has given me. That makes me think of in school, learning about George Washington Carver, who was a, a scientist, inventor, and um, from my understanding was a person of faith and discovered like hundreds of ways to use the peanut. Like kind of that was his area that he was studying and really had this connection with God through all these discoveries simply around like this little piece of creation that he was attuned to in his laboratory. And so, you know, again, that going deeper and how that just opens up this whole world to us reminds you of your grapefruit story, Christina. Thank you so much for chatting about contemplative prayer this morning or this week or whenever it is that you listen to podcasts. And we will look forward to continuing this conversation in the coming weeks. And now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So tell me, what are you into today? I am into the band Pentatonics. They are an acapella group that, in my opinion, and I think other people's opinions too, has taken the the art form of acapella mainstream and just expanded our understanding and engagement with it. And so last week, I took my two older kids to Milwaukee for the Pentatonics concert. And it was my 13-year-old's first concert ever. And just number one, just fun to have that experience with my kids. And also just, oh my gosh, just Again, a wonderful show and the amazing things that one can do with simply like voices or snaps or claps or just the body and the voice is just incredible. And so I would say I definitely had contemplative moments in that concert, speaking of the contemplative prayer. And even as I was recounting it the other night to, to Chris, my experience, I was moved to tears with just gratitude of being able to experience that with my kids. So anyway, I am into pentatonics. That is so much fun. Our six-year-old loves the pentatonics, often makes us listen exclusively to the pentatonics. We have a lot of pentatonics in our house. Uh, I am into, how does one even say, when social media is at its best. So last night, 
I was posting, we processed like 100 pounds of tomatoes and we had 25 pounds of it boiling down and 75 pounds to go. And somebody commented and said, oh, have you ever tried using a Nesco roaster and letting it go for long periods of time? It's so much easier. It saves a little bit of time and heat for yourself. And that's like the timing. But it ended up starting a whole thread where others were like, tell me your secrets. I want to know. I hate boiling sauce down. And it was connecting people from high school, college, now. And I thought, this is social media at its best. It's helping. People are coming together around a common interest. They're like looking things up and sharing. I was thrilled. So that is what I am into at the moment. I have been into, probably sparked by my kids being into concerts, but I've been into playing my electric guitar. I, I hadn't been playing my electric guitar because the neck needed some work and it just wasn't very fun to play because the strings were high up off the neck. And so I was able to take it in and have it fixed and put lighter gauge strings on it. And so I am all about uh, playing my electric guitar and creating fun little patch sounds with delay and reverb and all the fun stuff. So I've been into my electric guitar lately. Ooh, it's always good to be into anything musical. Thank you, everyone, for being with us this week. We will look forward to being with you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.